You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind that we know of anyways, and we'll take that honor right now. Some exciting news today about J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services, our sister company, and in particular, Bookmark, the new editing house division. Yes, folks, we have a logo that is now representative of an experience that you can expect in Bookmark or at Bookmark or with Bookmark when you get your book published. And that is in the works and our famous Robert is going to be updating that page soon. I know he's listening to this like I am. I'm like, dude, I Facebook messaged you. (laughs) Again, we're not a publishing house, but an editing house. That's an important distinction because you keep your author copyright. There are no royalty agreements. We use the same platform and software that traditional and digital publishing companies use. And all of it's done for you at a fraction of the price. That's because we've chopped the overhead cost and made the distinction between being a publishing house and an editing house. We pass that savings to you. And at this point, we've done roughly 100 books. So we also know what we're doing. As you know, as we get started on this show, I'm a firm believer in receiving signs from the universe, whether they be through people or technology or things that you read or whatever the case may be. It's important to go through life with our eyes and our hearts open. And recently, I've come across the saying, it takes a village many, many times. I've heard this over and over again. And for some reason to me, it has always felt insufficient. It has felt like there is something missing to that saying. And I have identified what it is. In that vein, that's what we are going to talk about today on Sick Biz Buzz, the missing component of It Takes a Village So it's not just about sitting back and hoping that the village will find you. And that's what I want to leave you with. And we're not going anywhere yet, but I'm just saying as we close the show today, I want you to come back to what we're talking about right now. It's not just sitting back and hoping that the village will find you. It is about recruiting the right people for your village. We're going to dig right into why it's important that we select the people in our village versus just sitting back and not putting a a lot of thought into it. And it has to do with who we network with and who is in our circle. And I want you to take a pause for a minute and think about this. When people say it takes a village, what they're talking about traditionally, I believe it was Hillary Clinton that said this. No, I'm, I'm probably totally wrong about that. (laughs) It was an empowering woman who said it. And you know what? Well, I'm going to look it up. Who said it takes a village? So let's see. Uh, It takes a village to raise a child. This is is from an African proverb. So I stand corrected. And that's why I like to make sure that I, I do my duty when we are doing our due diligence and checking out, um, the origins of news and of even even things that we happen to hear. And that is my dog in the background demanding to go outside. 
So he is just going to have to wait and he might be a little bit vocal on this program today, but that's okay. So it takes a village. When you first hear that, I'll just tell you what I experienced because I don't like to speak for other people. When I first heard that, I had this vision, the African proverb of people just coming together in a village and they were finding each other. So maybe it might be women um, mothers raising children. It might be men out in the field or if they're going hunting that there's this unspoken bond and there's this unspoken knowledge and responsibility that you need to come together and help your fellow man. But in the village, it's to me, everybody knows each other. So you know when somebody over in that house or hut, for example, had a baby. And it's ingrained into your culture that you go over there, you bring food, you offer to help the mother, you hold the baby, you start socializing the baby into the village. And everybody knows what their role is in the village. In our instance here, our village has become, it's really spread out. It's a widespread village. And there are so many people that can be in our village. It can be a little overwhelming, especially because our village can now be global, which is really trippy if you think about it. Recruiting the people in your village, and those of you paying attention will understand I just said a very important word, but your village can be global. I have people in Australia that I regularly check in with. I have people in Canada. There are people all over the United States who are part of my village. There are people, a lot of people in Texas, for example, and I'm up here in Minnesota sitting on the porch with the sun coming in and my dog's being squirrely if you hear noises in the background, but I think dogs are soul healers, so this is a good moment for them, and they seem to be listening to this tone of my voice. Maybe there's hope yet. When it takes a village, why? If you are not a part of a close-knit, physically in proximity, close village, why would you sit back and let people find you? That's the whole point behind this. You need to recruit people for your village. So the saying it takes a village implies that we can just sit back and other people will do the work. And that is what I'm taking issue with, especially in our modern age. You need to recruit people for your village. What happens if you don't? And what happens if you don't put a lot of thought into recruiting those people? What happens if you don't put a lot of thought into who is in your circle? This is the influence that's exerted over our existence. And depending on your involvement in your own life, so if you're sitting back and saying, you know what, I'm not going to do much. I'm going to try and pay attention to the people who come to me and to the people that I attract. And it's like anything. It's moderation. It's not one extreme or the other. So it's not sitting back and saying, okay, I'm attracting these people and that's what I'm working on. This law of attraction, it is also being proactive and saying, these are the people that I want in my circle. So here's an example and see if you find yourself here. On my Facebook page, what I had done in the past is say, all right, I have X amount of people 
X amount of slots open for people who can join my Facebook page. So I'm just going to wait until these people find me. Then I'll do some research on them and make sure they're not spammers, blah, 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 whatever. I'm not getting the D pics, all of that stuff. But then I, I started thinking, why am I diminishing the value of these slots. So essentially what I was doing is saying, well, anybody shows up and I'll just wait for them to find me and then I'll do my research and try and figure out if they're valuable. Instead of saying, I think the slot in my life to occupy is valuable. I think it's worth something. And so I am going to find out who should occupy that, who should take that. I am going to be more active in finding the right people for my village. And maybe you want to think about it as a digital village. When we disengage in our lives, and I think you can relate to this, at some point or another in our lives, we've all been guilty of disengaging. I don't like the word guilty, but we've all practiced disengaging. It might be when we are overwhelmed. It might be when we are underwhelmed. It might be when we're just feeling the energy of being a person. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just something to be aware of. When we pull back, when we go into our, our little hermit existence, and um, I have a new analogy for you today because we just got a baby tarantula. And I woke up this morning and I looked at her terrarium and I couldn't find her. And I believe she's hiding under her water dish. And so when we run under our water dishes, because we don't want to come out, we don't want to engage in our lives. And maybe, maybe we give ourselves the message that, you know, we really haven't been that responsible with our lives. So we don't even know how to make a decision anymore. So we stop making decisions and we turn into reactive forces of energy. It's not really a force, is it? Or maybe we've had so much trauma that we are unsure even how to make a decision. And I believe I read something about that being a symptom of depression or anxiety. I can't remember which one. Uh, I'll make sure I get it right for you on the sickbiz podcast blog. But that is the symptom of having a tremendous amount of trauma because then what happens is you lose touch with your gut. You lose touch with your ability to make a good decision and to be that good decision maker for yourself. It's kind of like when you're adulting and you want to turn to another person who is an adultier adult than you, someone who has been adulting longer, someone who seems to be more seasoned. So maybe you turn to a grandma or a grandpa in your life or an older aunt or uncle. Um, I hope they'd be older aunt or uncles. I know that came out weird, but it is when you lose touch and when you lose faith in yourself. Those are some of the reasons that we can revert into being reactive. Those are some of the reasons that we can just sit by and let our village find us because we don't have trust in ourselves. So I want to encourage you to think about that one. 
How are you participating in your life? Are you proactive? Are you reactive? Are you valuing the spaces in your life and allowing the right energy to occupy those spaces? And in this form, we're talking about energy in the form of people, in the form of if you're letting in toxic energy, if you're letting in positive energy energy. The more that we dig into energy and mindset, the more that we are uncovering how incredibly potent it is in our lives. We already know that there's a lot of buzz around losing toxicity in the form of people or practices, habits, and things of that nature. And we think that maybe has something to do with, not even maybe, that has something to do with protecting you, but it also means when you lose that type of energy and you lose those people who don't want to engage in being their best selves or who have gotten into a habit of acquiring unhealthy attention, that you have less room in your life for somebody who's going to contribute value in your village value to to you in the in the form of love in the form of validation in the form of cheering you on in the form of pushing you that's what you lose when you allow in toxic energy that's also why we must have boundaries and be mindful of what our time is going to be composed of or how we're going to spend our time. And this is especially important if you have children because you are the barrier between them and the rest of the world. So you have to make it your job to stand up for them and ensure that their interactions with people are healthy to encourage all kinds of positive growth. We spend so much time in our life on things that don't matter very much. And I want to encourage you. And as I'm talking, of course, it's not just encouraging you and not talking down to you and saying, you've done something wrong. This is us collectively together. When I talk, I'm including myself in this equation to keep pushing myself further every single day. And it's about valuing different things in your life. So look at it this way. Some of us are very particular about the brands that we use, the clothing that we wear, the foods that we eat, what kind of car we drive, etc. But when it comes to the type of people, an actual person that we want in our life, we tend to be more reaction, reactionary or reactive. Maybe we should try each other out to see if it works before we just jump into opening up that loop, opening up that link and letting them into our chain, our village, to see if it's a positive relationship. This again is about balance. I am very quick to let people in and kind of float along on trust, although at the base, I have a harder time deeply trusting. What if we were to instead maybe just do a little bit more work, find out who that person is, hold them at arm's length a little bit, hold them out 
in the boundaries a little bit. When was the last time you thought about the roles of the people in your life and how you're letting people in or who you are finding? I want to argue it also takes a village to foster improvements, growth, and change in your life. Yes, you want specific appointed people to hold down particular positions in your life. So you have a mom and a dad or a, and uncles and aunts and children and grandparents, etc. You need people to fill those roles in your life and occupy the rules of family. We look about we look at the importance of people in our lives and if you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of the show Naked and Afraid. And I often think about what would it be like if I could be the first disabled person in the jungle? <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? They'd never cast me. But it's interesting from a sociology aspect because a lot of times what breaks people isn't the inability to find the necessities, food, water, shelter. It's being alienated or misunderstood by the people around them or the person who's there for them. It is having that human contact withheld from them. So it is important, even if you've been hurt, even if you've been through trauma, that you ensure you are recruiting for those positions in your village, in your life. You can have a blood family. You can have a chosen family. Sometimes, and I like to think about this, I've recently reunited with some people in my family. I like to think about this, and this really helps me. My mother is the one who taught me this saying. Maybe if you need to take a break, it's not forever. Maybe it's just for a little while, but it doesn't define the rest of your life. In the interim, when you're taking your break, you can also look for other people that you think would fit the bill for you. These are mentors in your life. They're coaches in your life. They're people that you wish you had experienced. I don't have any brothers, for example. And I have a couple of brothers now that who have adopted me and it really makes me feel good because I always wanted to have a big brother. And I even extend this to friends. When I think about hanging out together with friends, there's a recreational purpose behind it that is really positive for you, for both people who are just engaging socially. They're not really exchanging services they're not getting together because they offer anything but exchanging their energies, exchanging laughter, finding the commonalities in their relationships, sharing joy together. This is not about um, keeping a tally, for example, which you shouldn't do anyways. And I hate, I know should, it can be a triggering word, like what are you telling me to do? In relationships, it is not helpful to keep a tally. Who did this or who did that? When you're talking about relationships that you enter into freely, romantic relationships, friend relationships, 
each person should give and take because there is a joy and delight associated with that. There's sometimes not even a lot of intellectual thought behind what what happens between you and your friends. Maybe your time's not structured. Maybe it's more about you get together, grab a drink or an appetizer. You might go shopping together, but you truly enjoy each other's company and the give and take of being together. At the outset and you're looking in, these are not high stakes activities. Friends are wonderful for that. Family can occupy the space of friends as well. And we need those types of people in our lives who bring us bliss, share the same excitement over things that we do, books that we read, the shows that we watch. When we talk about building our village, we're moving into a different type of reflective state. And it's not about just having gratitude for the people who happen to exist in your life right now. It is leveling up your life by being proactive about your village and about the changing needs of your life. So we have to think about what we need in our lives as we're navigating through them. And that involves thinking about the many different roles. Are you a parent? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a business owner? Are you involved in an academic club? Do you need financial support? Are you a homeowner? Are you a brand new homeowner? Are you a brand new dog owner? Are you a brand new tarantula owner? I'm waving my hand here if there's somebody listening. I have no idea what I'm doing. All I know is that we've done a lot of research. My husband has owned one before. And I am soaking up knowledge because this is a little creature that's very, very different from any type of living soul, not in human form, that's been in my house. So you can see categorically, when we chop our lives up into these categories, we need people in these categories. Here's another example. When my kids were coming out, so my son came out as gay, and I'm trying to remember what age he was, but it was, I don't know, it was maybe five years ago, maybe he was 15, 16 Colton, if you're listening, you know how old you were. All I remember is the moment in time, and I, I wrote about it. Um, it's coolly been shared on Yahoo since then and, and spread around about how to support your kids when they come out of the closet. When Colton came out of the closet, and then about a year, year and a half later, his sister did the same thing. I didn't have experience in living a gay lifestyle myself. So my idea was to find people who knew the types of support that my children needed. That's another example of recruiting my village. I reached out to Brian at Gays with Kids and received some support from him. I received some support from my cousin, John. I received support from different people that had been kind of circling the periphery of our lives. So as your lives change, maybe here's another example. As you find yourself in the sandwich generation, and eventually we will be here, where you're taking care of a parent, but you're also raising children at the same time. You need support in that capacity. 
when you're starting in a new industry, for example, you need support. When you receive a diagnosis, you need support. You are going to need to recruit support in your life. And that means being mindful of how you're living. It means being mindful of the experiences that you're having. We're having some socialization issues with the big puppy over here who is very protective of me, which I'm really grateful for because that is wonderful to have that type of literal puppy love. But I need support. We need support in this aspect to figure out how to better socialize him. Is he gets a little he gets a little worrisome. He gets a little intense. So we're seeking that type of support. You can divide your life up into multiple buckets. All kinds of things. I have a friend, um, Penny, who is now involved in climbing mountains. She needs support. How in the heck would she go out and do that? What's the training involved? Nate Bailey is a person who has run 100 miles. There is no way in the world that he just got up one morning and said, you know what, I'm going to forest gump the crap out of this. I'm just going to go 100 miles. It's not reasonable. But mostly it's not fair to you. It's not fair to you to take your life and relegate it to a reactive state. Think about what type of mentorship would benefit you. Spiritually, what would benefit you? If you look into the future and envision yourself as the best version of you possible, what type of support in your village do you think you would need? Life isn't about going around and bumping in to people and hoping that it works out. There's a component to that life, obviously, and this is where we talk about moderation. Yes, be open to meeting, developing relationships with people. But our lives are so important, they should not be an afterthought. Consider that as you start the week off and maybe take a moment to write down who you need in your life right now. I think this is a good way to assess it. There's also the saying that we keep relearning the lessons that we don't quite get, the lessons that we don't get to the end to or that we don't get the epiphany from. We keep learning those lessons. I'm learning a lesson about scaling right now and how it's formulaic and why if in one area you're anticipating a particular a number of business deals, for example, and then you push those on and systematize those back in the sales area, then you need to keep the same momentum going. So you're striving for that balance. We're always striving for that balance. So in my instance, I'm looking at that and saying, where's my village? Who in my village can help me? Is the right person in my village yet? And I'm not quite sure this is the case right now, and that's okay. I'm also looking at this area from a fitness standpoint. Who's in my village right now? I continue to seek out the right people in my village, and these are the people that understand 
that it's different to write an exercise regimen. I hate that word regimen. It just sounds so militant, doesn't it? But to write an exercise plan, we'll say, and these exercise guidelines that we can fit into the life of the chronically ill or disabled person, that's highly important. It doesn't look like, well, you need to just power through it. You need to just go to the gym. We started looking at our gym membership as a donation. Like, here you go. Here's your donation. This is your $60 donation. We support your business. Please, please keep going. Please keep moving. But we're not going to show up in the gym. It didn't work for me. I'd go to yoga for 20 minutes. I'd start losing feeling in my legs and feet. I could not get up without help. I'd have to stop the class, call the director or whatever, the manager over of the studio. Then with all eyes on me, I would have to limp into a standing position, be this crumpled heap, quasi-motoing my way to the door. I'd be crying in the elevator and I'd have to wait for somebody then on the main floor to come and escort me to my car It just wasn't working. And I tried it a number of different times. I worked with trainers. The point was that nobody could offer exactly what I needed because they did not have the experience. They had not worked from a neurologic standpoint with a person who wanted to maintain or improve fitness. They'd worked with people who have issues here or there, but my issue was very special. I'm told to exercise five or 10 minutes only, maximum. What does that even look like at a time? How many times a day should that be? If I'm having a tough day, what exercise should I leave off first? What will aggravate it? What won't aggravate it? There are some intricacies in our lives that we cannot navigate by ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. I have a podcast episode that I that I talked about that on, the misplaced pride. Do we have that misplaced pride and I don't need anybody else? I've been doing it my whole life. I'm proud of the fact that I have gone through this life and figured out life by myself with no one else. While there are certain components of that that are to be celebrated, I also think it's very sad because that is a life where you're actively disincluding people instead of actively allowing them in because the handful of people that you have met or who have been assigned to you as family has been a painful situation and has made you shut down. So I think we have misplaced pride in that area. And that's a big part of recruiting your village is getting over that hurdle. How do we get over the hurdle of misplaced pride? Well, as we do on this show, We talk about many people coming in and sharing their messages. Right now, I'm going to tell you what worked for me. I had to be called on the carpet about it. I had to have my fiance at the time say, but you're you're not letting me in. If you don't have somebody in your life who's saying that to you right now, I want you to sink in 
to being honest. Go into your feeling. And, and it's okay. It's just yourself right now. There's nothing wrong with you saying, I haven't let anybody in. All you're doing is gathering information about yourself. You don't have to do anything about it. Truthfully, are you letting people in? Or are you taking that misplaced pride of doing everything for yourself and creating these pockets of loneliness? Understand that being alone and loneliness are two different things. Being alone is something we need to talk more about. Because if you're not comfortable being alone, you're going to have a very hard time valuing your life. But that's for another episode right now. Let's sink into being honest. When I was sinking into being honest, I had to ask myself questions like, when I told somebody, great, I'm so glad you've got this errand for me, or I'm so glad you're going to pick up the kids for me. What was in the back of my mind? Did I truly believe they were going to follow through? Was I already making plans to rearrange my schedule? I asked myself, how was I valuing myself when I thought about people who had volunteered their time or who had agreed to do something? Did I believe they were doing it grudgingly? And did that even matter? When we look at somebody and we say, oh, they don't even want to do it for us anyway, is that for us to decide and make a decision on? Or is our responsibility to ask for it? And is their responsibility to respond to it and work through their feelings however they may feel about it? I am going with the latter. And the reason I am has a lot to do with chronic illness. You have to learn to ask. You have to learn to recruit. We all do. And again, I'm not pointing fingers at all. I'm just saying life is so much better when you actively recruit people. And a bonus for the business people listening, and especially the entrepreneurs, when you do that, you're networking. So you're building in the core of what you need to do every single day anyway. Those are the deep thoughts of this Sick Biz Buzz solo podcast today. I hope they have helped you. I want you to think about, and maybe even get out an old-fashioned piece of paper or turn on Rev on your phone. There's another app you can use, too. It's supposedly free. It's called Otter. And another one, too, I can't remember that was just recommended to me. But these voice apps are fantastic because you can very quickly record on your phone, where are you struggling in your life? Where are you puzzling or wondering or questioning? And how in the world, when somebody comes in, do we make the distinction that they are a good addition? I think that has a lot to do with your gut. Even if you've been hurt, even if you've been through trauma, you do still have the radar of sussing out people and identifying who should be in your life, who should not be in your life. It's kind of like that feeling, and women have probably heard this analogy more than men, when you get into an elevator and there's 
only another person on the elevator with you, just one single person. You know what? It could be a group of people, I guess, but it's just you and a collective group of people who seem to be together or one other person. And you don't feel good about it because you know those doors are going to close and you're going to be with that person with that weird energy. When you get into that situation, you can extract yourself. It's better to be perceived as potentially rude when you're laying down boundaries than it is to be hurt. And if you don't take the time to block for yourself, to be your own defense, it was a sports analogy, and I think I actually nailed it, guys, which is amazing. <laughs> but if you don't take the time to do that, you're not allowing your best treatments. I got into an elevator once. There was one weird dude that was there, and um, I only had a couple of floors to go. I was going to school. It was downtown Minneapolis. I was going up to the Skyway level. I only had a couple of floors to go, and I started thinking about, I don't like this guy. Um, I don't know how soundproof elevators are. I don't know what the mechanisms are if they're stuck between floors and, and, and how much I'm at the mercy of the person in the elevator versus the people outside. And in a split second, all of those thoughts trampled through my mind. So I reached out, I opened the door and I said, oh, I forgot something. And I ran out and then I took a different way up. This is the same thing that you can do. Tap into the lost feeling of your gut. It's very helpful. You have to know that you are capable of taking care of yourself. So as we close this week's podcast, I want to encourage you to sit down and do a little meditation. Think immediately of the areas in your life that need help, where you are struggling. This is where you need to recruit somebody from your village. Whatever that looks like, whatever, whatever, whatever area that is, maybe you have a parent who is starting to display signs of Alzheimer's. Reach out to a credible support group. And I actually have a connection if you're interested in that. Please reach out to me. We talked about a lot today. We got in deep today. That's my favorite, I guess we'll call it depth. That's my favorite, what do, you, what do you say? The part of the swimming pool is the deep end, apparently, which is ironic because I'm still working on a fear of water. <laughs> so, But it's my favorite to just immerse ourselves in finding out more about ourselves. But I don't want you to go yet. Head on over to jhillmark.com and check out our book editing services. Check out our digital marketing services, coaching services. We have helped many, many people become bestsellers and many people not only get their business off the ground, but keep it up and running because we're in the trenches right there with you. jhillmark.com. That's jhill with two L's. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. I want to thank you so much today for joining us and encourage you to do your own exploration after the show and then share what you've learned about yourself. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.